Okay. What if you got a bad case of the what ifs? Like, what if they don't take you serious? What if it don't work? What if it's a bad time, a little inconvenient? What if every conversation after this is awkward? What if our kids don't get along? What if they're not receptive? I mean, I gotta see these people again, and I don't mind picking up a kid or two after school. I mean, I was headed there anyway, but what if it's out of my way? What if I was saving my Saturday? The Lakers are playing. I'm not playing at all. Dead serious. Team is dead locked in a seven game series. What if I just don't have time? You may have a lot of time on your hands. Me, I got a lot of hands on my time. I'm an introvert, overworked, underpaid, so tired I ain't got it made. Besides, deeds have never filled the soul's need. Quite the opposite, obvious. Go and take your youth groups to Mexico. Go ahead, let them feed the poor. Send them to hell with full stomachs. The gospel is supposed to be preached. You say that's a cop-out. I say I'll just shut my mouth, because if I speak, you'll have expectations. And what if I don't want you to? What if I think these lazies are getting what they deserve? What if I plainly just don't like them? Do I gotta like them to love them? What if I don't love them? Sometimes I wish I was ignorant. Because then I wouldn't know I'd have an obligation to speak, because if I speak, that my biggest fear might be revealed, that I might be a fraud and I really don't believe. What if I don't believe? You say the gospel works. Yeah, the gospel rolls up its sleeves and works. What if I don't? What if it don't? What if I'm just scared? Convince myself that intellectual assent is all that they need, but then again, who washes a plate puts it in the same dirty water, and wonders why it doesn't stay clean. See, the gospel, it works. Yeah, the gospel works, compels work. Praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> Come on, I can't hear you. You got to say amen louder than that. Praise the Lord, amen. Come on, man, check this out. What, putting, putting a dish, you know, wiping it clean and putting it back in the dirty water and wondering why it don't stay clean. Come on, man. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the church online. And today we are putting life to the test, amen. Come on, we're going to put it to the test. And I need you with me, <clears throat> all right? This is, this is big. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is big. This is a big deal, man. What we're going to talk about right now, I guarantee you, your life depends on it. Your whole life depends on it. And any lives that depend on your life depend on this as well. All right? Amen. Come on, man. I'm talking about uh, uh, the gospel. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about being in Jesus and not just hanging around Jesus. I want to continue those what ifs, if you will, for me. Come on, with me. Continue this what if. All right? You remember that one time? Come on now. You remember that one time? Come on, think about this. You remember that one time we had that Easter service outside? All right? You remember that? All right, what if, man, the gospel story, the gospel we preached last Easter, which is just one week ago, what if it was just like the Easter meal that you tried to enjoy, maybe did enjoy, or maybe abstained from last Easter? What if the gospel that you heard 
was like a meal, all right, that you have for Easter. Maybe you went and ate as much as you can and ate too much and got over full. Maybe you indulged, right, and you were full, and now you ain't hungry for that kind of meal for another for a little while. Maybe you just picked at it a little bit, had a little bit of this, had a little bit of that, had some of this, all right? Or maybe you just let it sit, all right, and then you know what? You took the leftovers and put them in the fridge, and throughout the week you've been kind of picking at it till finally you said, let's just throw this out. Is that what this gospel story was like? in your life. What if it was? I want to challenge you this morning, man. I got to challenge myself, man. What we're talking about right now shakes me to my core. It, can, it challenges me to my core. All right, so we can continue with these what ifs. What if, all right, the gospel never really made it inside your skin? What if it did it? What if it was just on the outside and it never got inside? What if, man, what if you just heard, right, but you didn't receive? What if you just enjoyed the gospel, but you ain't standing up in it? Come on, man. What if salvation was just a word? It had no real substance in your life away from the Sundays that you may choose to or not to uh, participate. What if? All right, you, were found, you found out. What if you found out this about yourself? What if you found out that you were just feeling way more than you were believing? Come on, man. Come on, man. What if today, what if today, right here, right now, right there where you're at, come on with me, man, right here, right now, we just, we just got through singing together, at least hopefully you were singing or at least singing in your heart about how great our God is. What if you're singing that from the outside and not on the inside? Come on, man, let's put, that, let's put that to the test. What if today, right here, right now, you truly challenged your position? What if you truly challenged your position? What if you, what if, what if come on, man, right, right here, right now, what if, what if just, to, just, just for these next 30 minutes, man, we put this life to the test? And you challenged your position, whether or not you're either in Christ or hanging around Jesus. And you're like, I've been wondering what that meant for a long time now. And you know what? And I don't even have a clue. I think every time I think I know what it means to be in, in Christ, I don't. We're going to put it to the test. But what if today, man, we put it to the test? What if right now you actually, no matter what's going on in your house, man, you say the kids are going crazy, let them go crazy, let them have fun. All right? You right here just focus. Come on with me. And if you're one of the kids, man, come on. And if I got your attention, stay with me. Come on. I just need 30 minutes, man. All right? A SpongeBob episode. Okay, come on, man which is probably not good for you anyways. All right, but come on with me, right? 30 minutes, I just need you right here with me. All right, because I want to challenge this right here. Put it to the test. What if you found out that instead of hanging, living in Christ, you were just hanging around him and maybe sometimes asking him if he wants to hang out with you? Can we put that to the test this morning? Can we challenge that this morning? Can we challenge whether or not we're living a gospel-centered life? Whether our life is centered in the gospel and whether the gospel is in the center of our life. The gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ who came, who died, who was buried, who rose again, King of kings, Lord of lords. All right, I love, my sister just got through telling me, man. All right, big OG who loved me, who is almighty, amen? Come on, man, you know what I'm talking about. All right? You see, the apostle, all right, he wrote a letter to a, a church in a crazy old town going through some crazy times. 
He wrote this big letter to this church in this place called Corinth 2,000 years ago, all right? This crazy town had a crazy little church, and, and then Paul wrote this crazy letter and says, y'all crazy. And he challenged them right where they're at with all kinds of these, 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 these spiritual depths and truths that he was challenging them with. And throughout the whole letter of 1 Corinthians, all right, 1 Corinthians, you find this challenge at the challenge of spiritual depth. And you're like, man, this is too much. And then he takes us, at the end of the letter, he takes us right back to what matters most. He takes us back to the foundation of our faith. Come on, man, stay with me. He, come, he takes us back to the gospel. You're like, I've heard the gospel. Yeah, I know you've heard it. But have you received it? Is it in you? Do you stand? Come on, stay with me, man. He takes us back to what matters most. This right here, this matters, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked about it last week. You remember that? Come on, you remember that, right? You remember, you remember when we talked about it last week? You remember we were outside. You remember some of the comments. You thought, man, that was a really cool place to do a service. We need to do a service out there. We need to have another service. Services are great. Yeah, we will have other services every, ever, everywhere. But did you connect with the story? Do you remember the story? Do you remember how it challenged your story? All right, did it change your story? Did you let go of your story? Did you trade your story in for his story? That was, that was, that was the challenge. Paul says, you know what, after writing this big letter, man, of all kinds of depth, and this is the life we need to be living, he took us back, back to the foundation. And I'm just going to share it with you really quickly here. Stay with me, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, we're going to start in verse 1. I'm going to put the scripture up there with us, all right? But, but, but pray with me, would you, Father? We just, come on, just pray with me. Come on. We're going to pray. It's okay to pray right there in your house. Father, we just give you the praise. I'm just going to read a quick prayer. Father, we give you the praise. Together, we do. All of we, every, every bit of we out there, right? Lord God, we give you praise and glory, and we're asking you, Lord God, to reveal truth in our life. We're asking you, Father, to reveal the truth in our life. Reveal it to us. Not to everybody around, just to us. Help us see what you see right here in Jesus' name. Amen? That was a good place for an amen, man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, the apostle after taking through this crazy, just roller coaster ride of spiritual depth and, and highs and lows and craziness and stuff like that and all kinds of different, you know, topics and ideas, he brings us back to the foundation, to what really matters the most. And he says, I want to remind you, brothers, the gospel that I preached, man. All right, stay with me. Come here, check this out. I'm just going to read it to you. All right, you, you can read it right here on the screen with me. All right, but I'm just going to read it to you. All right, check this out. He says, I want to remind you. You remember that one time we preached the gospel? <laughs> All right, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, by which you received, right? Did you receive? We're going to get put this to the test. And what you stand, do you stand in it? What does that even mean? We're going to talk about that. All right? And by which you are being saved. It's already, but not yet. You know what I mean? I'm in God's hands, but I'm not, and I'm going to be in his house. Come on, come on, stay with me. If you hold fast to the word that I preached, unless you believed in vain. Wait a second, what? Believed in vain, unless you're believing for no reason, unless you're believing to no result. 
He says, I delivered to you of the first importance, all right? The first important thing. That what is utmost, he says, I delivered to you. I gave to you. I preached to you. That which comes before everything, that which everything must be built upon. And if everything is not built upon this, it is going to crumble. It is going to fall. He says, let me give to you the first, the most important, the greatest right here. I delivered to you the center of the universe, all right? All right? He said, I delivered to you as a first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins, that Christ Jesus died for your sins, that crazy thought, that crazy action, those crazy words, that crazy life, the regret, the pain, the suffering that you put yourself through, that you put others through. Jesus Christ, he says, I paid it in full. I put it to death. Jesus Christ died for your sins and my sins in accordance to the scripture and that he was buried. He was buried. What do you do with a dead person? You bury him, right? That's what you do, that he was buried. But Jesus wasn't an ordinary person, man. He wasn't an ordinary dead person. He got up three days later. He says, he he was buried, who was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. He got up and he's risen. And every Easter we say that, man, he's risen, he's risen, he's risen indeed. I got no problem with that, but we need to make sure that we're saying it every day, but from Easter to Easter, come on. Every day, this July, he's risen. All right, come on, man. This fall, he's risen. Still rise, still alive. Still alive where? Alive in me, hopefully alive in you. This winter, next spring, next Easter, it's not a big surprise. He's risen. What? Really? No, he still is. Come on, man. Stay with me, man. And it's, he says, Paul is actually writing to a group of people about front page news. Are you still with me? Come on, check this out. I'm still talking to you. Come on. He's writing. He's telling this letter to people who've heard this. He says, look, he appeared to, to Peter. Peter saw him, all right? And then he appeared to the 12. And then he appeared to more than, are you listening? Check this out. He appeared to more than 500 people, all right? This, this is a dead dude who got up. This is a dead dude who got up. Nobody's ever done that before. Nobody's ever done it since. He got up, he stayed up, all right? He's still up. And everybody saw him, he said. And then he appeared to James, his little brother. A real person. And then to all the apostles. And then last of all, one untimely born, he said he appeared to me. Paul said, I saw him. After he resurrected, after he died and rose again and then ascended into heaven, he came and talked to me. He says, he says, he says for, 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 for I'm the least of the apostles. I'm the last person. You ever feel like that? I'm the last person you should have came and talked to. He says, I'm unworthy to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church. You ever done that? He says, I'm unworthy, man, because of the thoughts that are coming in my mind, all right, because of the things that are coming out of my mouth, because of the actions that I'm pursuing, all right, that I know are not godly or not, you know, you know or not honoring God or even other people, because of all the people I've hurt, because of all the people that I've let hurt me. He says, I was unworthy, but he says, you know what? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Are you reading that? By the grace of God, I am what I am. His. His. 
And his grace toward me wasn't in vain. I didn't waste his grace. I started getting busy. And I worked harder than any of them. But it wasn't me. I ain't trying to floss in front of you. I ain't trying to be all that in front of you. He's saying, look at this. Here, look at it. But the grace of God, it was the grace of God that is in me, coming from me, blessing those around me for the glory of him, Jesus. Amen. So whether, now check this out. Here's where, this is where it's going to, this is going to set us off, all right? You ready to get into a slingshot and get shot into the air? Check this out. Here's where we go. Here we go. He says, and so whether it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. So we preached and so you believed. Amen. Is this how it works? We preach, you believe. It's how it's supposed to work. Scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But is this how it works for you? Remember what I asked you? What if we were just feeling more than we were believing? What if we found out we were feeling more than we were believing? I want you to put this to the test, man. This is where we're at. He said right here, number one, he said, verse one, back 15, one, I would remind you, brothers, Come on, let's put it to the test. We're going to go through a flow here. You ready? Come on. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached in which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Here's what I know. <clears throat> Last weekend, right, millions were checking in, and I would say even billions across the planet were checking in on, on, on an online Easter service somewhere, somehow, man, they were trying to get the word. More people than have ever checked on online in history were online last week connected to some faith, some, 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 some Jesus organization hearing the word of God. Yeah, other faith-based organizations are doing their own thing and stuff like that, but more people checked in to hear about Jesus last year, than, last week than any other time. In history. In history, man. Now, a lot of them Checked in, man, because they needed, they, 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 wanted to, they wanted to connect with God, but some of them, and I've heard this, and you've, you've, you've heard these things being said, and maybe they've even been said last week or even right after last week that some people said, I just needed to get some Jesus in my life, all right? I just needed to get some Jesus. And some people have even said, in times like this, man, I've even heard people say, in times like this, everybody needs a little God in their life. Some Jesus. A little God. I don't want anything to do with some Jesus. I don't want anything to do with a little God because a little God is a little God. My God ain't little, remember? He is the big old G who loves me. He is the almighty, all right? I don't need some of him. I need all of him, and he wants all of me, and he wants all of you. Is that what we're at today? Come on, am I preaching to anybody? Come on, man. Put this to the test. Put it to the test, man. All right, I'll tell you right now, man, and do not, the, the, the last thing I want you to do, do not, do not, are you hearing me say do not? Say it in your mind if you don't want anybody to think you're weird. Do not, come on, do not include God in your life. 
Do not include God in your life. You're like, what are you? Do not include God in your life. It's the worst thing you can do in life is include God in your life. Either keep him all the way out of your life or put your life all the way in his hands. Come on, the last thing you wanna do is just include God in your life. And you're like, why the heck, why would I, why would I wanna do that? Because you know what's gonna be a big problem. You're gonna go looking for God in your life because you decided to include some God in your life, a little Jesus in your life, all right? All right, and you're gonna go look for him, you ain't gonna find him, why? Because he ain't trying to follow you. See, God never said, man, go get your life together, man, and I will follow you wherever you go. No, he said, I will be with you wherever you go. But the question is, are you with him? Not with him, but are you in him? That's a big deal. All right, and the last thing you want to do is include God in your life and then find out he ain't in your life. Why? Because he ain't trying to follow you. Instead, I would challenge you. I would challenge you to take your life and, and, and remove, and remove the, your life and place, place it in his hands, all right? Take your life and put it in his hands and take your life and include it in his plans. Take your life, place it in his hands. Take your life and include it in his plans plans. Be where he already is. You see, you know, we don't need to ask God, hey, where are you? Because he's already wherever you are. God is everywhere. There's not a place that he's not. God is everywhere, man. The question that he wants you to challenge is, are you with him wherever he's at? Wherever he's at, man, because he's everywhere you are, are you with him where you're at? God ain't here to follow you, never was. Wasn't part of the plan. The plan was, here I am, here's my hands. Take your life, put it in my hands, all right? Take your life, include it in my plans. This is the filter that he is calling for your life. This is the filter that we want for life, man. This is where he's calling us, man. Life through the, the filter of being in his hands. Come on, man. He just wants you to know that you're with him. And you're like, how in the world do I do that then? I've heard that, man, being in God. Wait, I thought I was God. Wait, wait, you're confusing me, man. Where am I? Let's just, you know, and I'm glad you're asking this question. Because I want to challenge you again to the foundation that our faith needs to stand on. I want to challenge you right here. But first, number one thing, there's a prerequisite. Are you willing to unpursue your story? You're like, wait a second, this is my story. Yeah, I know, I talk about how we all have these stories, all right? But the, but the, but the location, all right, of that story is, is, is what's the most important. That's what is essential. The location of your story, is it in your hands or is it in his hands? If, you have, if you're pursuing your story, more than likely it's in, your, it's, in, it's in your hands. But if you pursue his story, all right, then your story is in his hands. And that is the filter, all right? When my life, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life, and I need Jesus in all these things that are going on in my life. Absolutely, I get it, man. But when you place your life in his hands and your life included in his plans, then the things that are going, because God is all around you, right? God is everywhere, all right? The question is, are you with him? Not just with him, but are you in him? And if your life is in his hands, then whatever is going on around you, you're, 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 you're responding, you're acting, you're living through the filter of God's life, of God's plans, of God's purpose for you and for your story in his hands. We have to unpursue our story and place it in his hands 
and begin a new pursuit. God. And here's what he said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, man, here's what he said. He said, I, verse 1, we're, again, we're just going to open this up. Here's, here's the progression. Are you ready for the test? This is the test. All right, this is the progression. All right, watch this. He says, I, 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 I would remind you. Let me just make it clear to you. All this spiritual depth, great, great. All this intellectual ascents, all right? Pretty awesome. I'm glad you're about that, man. It's really good to know some stuff, all right? But without the foundation, it's worthless. Let me remind you, brothers of the gospel that I preached, that I sent out, and to which you received. And he says, first, man, the gospel is free. Second is your involvement. It's not the involvement of the gospel in your life, but your involvement in the life of the gospel. And the question is, did you receive it? Did you receive it? That's the question. Did you receive the gospel, man? He said, look at what you received. Not did you just hear it. Not did you, not did you just hang around. Not did it make you feel good. Not did you just, did you enjoy it. I ain't, I ain't waiting for you to say, hey, that was a good message. Thank you, pastor. I don't care about that. I, wanna, I don't want to know if you enjoyed this. I want to know, did you receive this? That's what Paul said. Did you receive that? And you're like, what does that even mean, man? What does that mean? Did you welcome it? Did you take it in? Is what was on the outside now on the inside, all right, coming from you? Or are you still just hearing it? Every one of us, man, every one of us, all right, in life, throughout life, since the time we are kids, can remember when something was said to us, something, some bit of advice, some kind of, some little golden nugget in life was given us, and it went inside and started to form what was coming outside. Every one of us have those things. Maybe an uncle says something to you. Maybe your dad or your mom says something, or a teacher or an employer, or somebody says something that was valuable, and you held valuable, and it helped shape who you are. You know what I'm talking about? Those things that just kind of became a part of you. My dad used to drop these things on me all the time. He would always tell me, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. And it took me years to kind of just work that out and kind of figure out what that, and I'm still working on what that means. But what it does mean is, is nobody is above you. Nobody is above you. Only God, only, this, only Jesus, man, only the Holy Spirit is above you. All right? That, that we're all, we're all seeing eye to eye. And you can lead just as well as anybody else, but you have to first lead yourself. And if you cannot lead yourself, all right, then you can't lead others. And if you can't lead yourself when nobody's following, then you can't lead others. That's what I got. It was one of those golden nuggets of life. Another golden nugget he gave me right after that. And it was look a man in the eye when you shake his hand. When I was a little kid, I'd be looking, look a man, and he'd introduce me to his friends. He'd look him in the eye. I'd look him in the eye. And it wasn't to stare him down, all right? It was to show respect. And as I started to grow older, and I started coming eye to eye level with some of these adults, I started recognizing the other half of the coin. Number one, all right, be a leader, not a follower. Nobody's above you. Number two, look a man in the eye when you shake, him, shake his hand. Nobody's below you. It was a big deal. He stuck with me throughout life. Throughout life, man, these things kind of held on to me. Never raise your voice to your mother was a, a huge lesson for me. All right? If you knew my mom, you wouldn't raise your voice to her either. I'm not kidding. 
all right? But, but never ra raise your voice to your mother. It taught me not only to respect my mom. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever felt like you just wanted to yell at your mom when you were a kid? I would do it with my bedroom door closed. She would tell me to go to her room. I'd close my bedroom door, and on the other side, I would yell at her, but nothing would come out. And then she'd open the door, and I'm like, what? Nothing, 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 nothing. You know, never raise your voice to your mother. What it taught me as a kid, not only to respect and honor my mom, but it also helped me begin to understand what it means to respect um, the, the opposite gender, to respect women, to be chivalrous, to open doors, to show manners and preference. All right? And even later on to respect people who are older than me. These are part, these are little nuggets of life that were just poured in. Every one of us have them, that we received it. We received it, all right? We didn't just hear it. Ask me about all the things that I, that I heard through life, and I can't tell you. Why? Because they didn't, I didn't receive it. I didn't take it in. Three words. All right, you with me? Check this out. Three words. Check this out. Three words, man, that, that, that were told to me when I was a kid. I was a little kid growing up. I was told me, and I started to receive them as I was a kid. And I started growing older. I kind of just let them by the wayside. And as I got older than that, they came back. And these words saved my life, changed my life, and continue to form my life. To this day, three words that were said to me when I was a little kid. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. They were told to me by a woman that I highly respected in my life, that I knew that she loved me, all right? And I received it. Later on in life, like I said, I tried to just deny it, but for some reason, they were already in there. They were already taking, they were already changing me from the inside. And then later in life, man, I own those words again. And today, they still form me into the man that I know God wants me to become because I received it. He says, I will remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel that I preached that you received. Did you receive it? He goes further. He says, not just that. We're not going to stop there. Because you're like, okay, yeah, I received it, man. It is changing my life. No, 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 no. There's more. He says, in which you stand, in which you stand, in which you hold your ground, and where you maintain your position. He's not merely telling us in, in what you stand for. And, you know, hey, the gospel that you received and what you stand for, we can stand for a lot of things, right? We can, we can stand for a lot of things that point to our personality. We can stand for a lot of things and then take that hat off when we get home, right? No, this is not just stand for. It's just stand inside, all right? I, I believe this, man, and, I've, and, I, and I truly believe this about, about mankind. If you want to know the measure of a man, if you want to know the measure of a woman, find out where, not where, who, or what they stand in, where they remain, not just what they stand for, where they remain 24-7, all right? Where does he or she hold his ground, all right? Where is his or her positioning, all right, unwavering? What hill are they willing to die for? That's a big deal. What hill are they willing to die on? Not for, but on. For a lot of us, it's marriage and family. All right, if you're married, man, if you're a married woman, all right, if you have kids, it's just your marriage, it's just your family, 
or some, some marriages didn't work out and you still have those kids and that's your, it's your kids. I understand that. All right? Why? Because you recognize, how do you know? Because everywhere you go in life, they're always with you, whether they're with you physically or not. They're always with you. Ever since, uh, you know, Debbie and I became, you know, just, just, just pursuing one another. I, I started way before she did. She ran from me for a lot of time, long time, and then I finally got her, all right? Uh, you know, but, but I always would imagine when she wasn't with me, and I still do at times, I'll imagine she's sitting somewhere when she's not there just watching me, and I just want to show off in front of her a lot of times, all right? And I want her to see me. And I'll imagine sometimes she's in some of these weird little places in her little genie pants just hanging out, right? Just watching me. I, I, I still do that. Because that's, what I, that's where I stand in. I stand in that life. Right? I'm not the best at it. I'm not always the greatest at it. I try to be better every time, man. But I try to make sure that's, that's where I, I stand there. That's where I stand in. That's not what I stand for. I don't just stand for my marriage. I need to stand in it. Amen? You know what I'm talking about. For some people, it's their reputation. But again, man, see, our reputation is easily compromised depending on circumstances. So again, it's not just standing for, it's standing in. It's remaining in. It's the hill you're going to die on. Not only did you receive the gospel, but you stand in the gospel. And you're like, how, how can you know where you stand? I, you know, how can I know where I stand? You know what I mean? And maybe you have that question. And maybe right now as I'm saying these things, you're asking yourself, do I really stand in this relationship? Do I really stand, you know, in my, in, in my relationship with my kids? Do I really stand for my, what do I stand? What, not just for, but where do I stand in? And I, and I got a test for you. Here's a test, here's a test statement. You might want to write this down, but this is a good statement for you, all right? If you don't know where you stand, if you want to know where you stand, here's, here's, here's how I always know where I stand. You know how I always know where I stand? Because, because you never have to get ready to stand there because you're already standing there. You want to know where you're standing. It's, it's, it's not where you have to get ready. When you stand for something, you have to get ready to stand for it. You have to kind of get, okay, I got to get, you know, 24-7, where you're standing in, you don't have to get ready to stand there because you're already there standing. Lifetime, 24-7. Nothing's going to change it. Nothing shiny on the outside, all right, is going to matter because I'm right here on the inside. I'm standing on the inside, and I'm living my, my life from the inside out. That is the filter of living your life you're giving your life and putting it in God's hands, taking your life and including it in his plans. You're living through that filter that everything that is taken on outside comes from your life, through your life, through the filter of God's hands, through the filter of his plans, all right? And then everything is, is, is blessed because of that around you, whether it's good or whether it's crazy going on around you. Because of the presence of God. You don't have to look for God because you're already there in him. Oh, man, am I preaching to anybody? Am I, am I making any sense, man? This is so important. All right? You know that you stand there because you're already there standing. It's internal. It's not external, man. And no matter how good things are going or how bad things are going, no matter if, it's, if you're rich or if you're poor, if it's a sunny day or a stormy day, or no matter if you're, in, if you're healing or if you're totally hurt, all right, whether you're in great pain, you know, you don't move, man. Why? Because, you know, Jesus didn't just come into your life to make you feel better. He came into your life so that a dead person can live. He says, let me remind you, brothers. 
You remember that one Sunday where we preached on Easter and we talked about God's greater story? Let me remind you of that. What you received, did you receive it? Did it go inside? And where you stand, is that where you stand? He says, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached, unless you believe in vain, with no result, for no reason, other than to make yourself feel like you just had a good meal. See, I'm not here to impress you. I'm not here to preach a message that where you'll say, oh, that was such a great message. Thank you. I, you know, I, I'm not saying you don't have to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I don't like that. But I'm saying that the reason we're preaching right now, man, is so that you can receive the gospel. And so that you can stand in it. And so that you hold fast. And you're like, what does that mean? I got received. That was on the inside, comes inside. Come, that was on the outside, comes inside. Stand, all right? I'm already standing. You, you don't have to put that to the test because I'll always be ready to stand there. What does it mean to hold fast? Literally, it means to adhere to, to be glued to, to be connected, inseparable. I tell you guys all the time, man, a lot of times, you know, you, you know, a lot of times I'll see you guys. Okay, check this out. A lot of times I'll see you once in a while, I'll see you in the store or I'll see you Safeway or whatever. I'll see you around or here in, in church or whatever. And I'll tell you, hey, man, and then as I'm walking away, I'll, I'll tell you, stay close, right? Stay close. And I'm not saying that to have a really cool saying, my own little catchphrase. No, 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 no. It has to do with all of this. Stay close. If I tell you to stay close, recognize I'm not trying to be cool, man. I'm telling you something that is needful for both you and for me. And when stay close, adhere, he says, hold fast to the word, hold fast to Jesus. The word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the word was Jesus Christ, you know, and, you know, and the word became flesh. Jesus Christ, he is the word. Hold fast to Jesus and the word of God. David said, you know what? I've exalted above all things. He says, I have exalted your name and your word above all things. There's no great, there's no name on heaven, on earth, or below, all right, that can save except for the name name of Jesus Christ, and I have exalted above all things the name of Jesus Christ and the word of Almighty God. Because that's where I stand. That's what I have received in me. That's where I stand, and that is what I hold fast to. I stay close. Amen? Stay close. We need to take seriously your responsibility. To not only create a better past, but a good, or, or, or not only create a, a better past, or, or not only to create a good present, man, but to really, really pursue an amazing future in Jesus. I gotta tell you, man, religion is not good enough. Religion is, is not good enough. And you're like, what are you talking about? Now, I understand some of us, and I say us because me included, have like, quote unquote, religious practices that lead us to the presence of God. We have religious practices that, that can lead us to the presence of God. And that's great. That's helpful. So many different things are helpful. Music is helpful. All right. You know, prayer practices are helpful. Different, you know, practicing presence is, is, is really, really helpful as long as we don't focus on the practice or make the practice our God or our idol, but the presence of God, our relationship. 
I get that. But I'm telling you, man, religion isn't quite good enough in this. Some of you are very religious, mainly because you're afraid. And, 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 and because you haven't quite received the word and you're not standing in, in Christ and you're, and you're not holding fast. And so these religious practices are because of fear that, that you, you're not really pleasing God. And because you had a crazy Saturday night, you need to go and sacrifice on Sunday morning. All right? And, and that's not what God is looking for. God said, you want to please me? Receive the son that I sent. Receive my son that I sent who died, who was buried, who rose again, and is King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Receive the Son. And you won't have to live in fear. Some of you are religious, man, just because you want to self-medicate. All right, you just need some insurance. You think you're trying to balance it out, man, and there is no balancing act here. Either you are in, come on, either you are in Christ or you're out, period, man. Come on, I can't get plainer than that. Either you are in Jesus, either, either you have received the word and he is in you, all right, and you are standing in him and holding fast, or you're not. That's it. That's it. That's it. I can't get any plainer than that. So maybe we just need to rethink that old religion thing, right? And maybe we just, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, maybe we'll just trade it in for a committed relationship. We trade it in for a committed relationship. Because in, in a committed relationship, there is a lot that still depends on you, correct? We gotta stop acting like God's doing everything and we ain't gotta do nothing. He loves you. The question is, what does it look like for you to love him back? What does it look like for you to love him back? What committed relationship is only one-sided love? All right? I love, I love, I love, I love. Wait. I love, I love you back. And I ain't going anywhere. And I am in love with you. Jesus, my God, and my King, and I ain't going nowhere. I've received. I'm standing in. I'm holding fast, and my faith is not in vain. Amen. Come on. I'll end with this. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Maybe even less. And the second time he wrote the Corinthians back, at the very end of the, well, close to the very end of the letter in 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 5, he tells them this again. He says, examine yourselves a different way. Check this out. Here's our test. Come on. This is our homework. Examine yourselves to see, to see if you, if, to see if you're reading this personally, take this personal right here, all right? All right, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. Test you 
Nobody else, don't be test, don't be running a test on everybody else in the house. Um, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. Test you. He says, test yourselves. Or don't you realize, man, that you uh, are in Christ? Don't you realize this about you? Again, there's the word in, that Jesus is in you, that you're in Christ, and unless you fail to meet the test, this is it. Let's not include God in your life. Let's take your life and place it in his hands. Let's take your life and include it in his plans. It's for the glory of God. This is what's essential. This is what matters. So, Father, we give you the praise. And we give you the honor. And we give you the glory. I just want to pray for my friends, for my family. Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord God, to see truth, to see the way you see, to be completely yours. Man, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.